Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah and I'm here with Taylor Irby. And I know you're going to be excited because when we met, I said, what's your favorite thing to talk about? And she said, oh, her face lit up. And then she was like, I love thinking about the brain and how we, how kids' brains develop and how kids' brains develop. That's kind of a tongue twister. Kids' brains develop and how the language we speak can affect um, their brains, their emotions, and their upbringing. So Taylor, we are excited to talk to you today. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Sarah? I'm great. And I love neuroplasticity and growth mindset and all the, all the brain, brain buzzwords. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about in your words, what you said your favorite thing to talk about was? Yeah, well, I, I have five children and I have always tried to, to think, how can I parent them in a way where they feel safe and loved and connected to us? Um, and so I have kind of taken the deep dive into how do kids' brains develop? And as an education, I, have, I was an education major. And so, you know, from that background and then just working with my own children throughout the years, I love I love learning about these things that, that help us as parents really connect with our kids. Um, when I learned about these things, like it was just so life-changing for me and being able to kind of see these things and how they kind of play out in my own home um, and having the way it changed my parenting with them. And so it was just really, really incredible. So I love talking about just the ways that we can parent differently, the way that we can speak to our children. Um, and, and really just to any human being, cause it's, it's kind of across the board, how people operate, um, just so that we can be more effective in our communication skills and sending the right messages we want to our children. And we can remember that we have a choice, right? Like we, if we were talked to very harshly as kids, we can change, you know, if we were talked to or ignored as kids, like we have the choice to show up differently for our kids. And I had someone and they said a really interesting quote and they said, just be aware that however you raise your kids is probably how your grandkids are going to be raised. Mm. And I was like, Oh man, that's mm-hmm. really powerful, right? It's really powerful. Um, because we we hardly ever take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I don't want to be mad, my kids to be mad at me, or I don't want this, or I don't want that with my own kids. But then to like take it to the next level of like, oh, oh, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How do I want my grandkids to be raised? Yeah, absolutely. And just but knowing that we have the the choice and the power to break that cycle is really powerful. Like, you know, you may have been treated too harshly as a child, but, you know, you have the choice in this moment to say, I'm not going to treat my child that way. I'm going to go about it differently. Now it's going to be super hard because that's the way, you know, right. And so that's what I do. I come in alongside discouraged parents and I help them figure out a way that works for them and their own personality and with the personalities of their children so that they can effectively communicate with their children in through their own personality in their own way. Mm-hmm. So what are some general communication strategies that you kind of see work more yeah. across the board? I know it's never a one size one fits all sure. when, when it comes to kids and parents, but what are some things we should be 
keeping in the forefront of our own minds. Mm. I think the absolute first question we have to ask ourselves when encountering any kind of conflict with any human being, but especially with children, our own children, is stopping and paying attention to what's going on inside our, our own selves and asking the question, what's going on inside of me? Um, what is it about this situation that might be triggering me? Um, am I just stressed out in general right now? Like maybe something didn't go so well in my day. And then my child has kind of stepped on my toes and now I'm flaring, or is it that my child is doing something that's making, that's blocking a goal for me? Um, am I thinking, oh my gosh, my child's five and doing this right now. What is it going to be like when he's 15? <laughs> you know, are these things that are, oh, that's of- what I would do. That's the, that's <laughs> the one I would be worried about. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And so kind of like stopping first and saying, okay, I recognize, and it takes a lot of patience and being intentionally self-aware, like what is going on inside of us, being able to stop and say, okay, so how can I get to a place of neutrality? Um, for me, it's taking my dog on a walk around the block. It's a very short walk, but just getting out in fresh air away from, so my kids are a little bit older, so I can leave them at home for a few minutes, walking around the block with them for, for, with, with the dog for a little bit, um, having maybe one chocolate and a cup of tea, um, can help me kind of regulate, but just some things to help us be okay inside. I think another really, really key thing to remember is I can be okay, even though my child is not. So whatever the outcome of my child, we don't have a lot of control of how they're going to turn out, right? They're going to turn out the way they're going to turn out. You know, what I can do is I can say, I can be okay. My identity does not lie in the way my child performs. Um, If I'm out in public and my child's having a meltdown, it is not a reflection of me as a mom. It's my child dealing with something that's going on. So then it frees me up from bringing myself into that. And it helps me be present with my child. So that's the very, very first thing is asking what's going on with me. The second thing that I tell parents is, and that we, we teach through connected families, which is who trained me, um, is what's going on inside of my child. Like um, I have a child with autism and developmental delays and adoption trauma. That's big triggering thing all day long. Right. And so when he comes home and, and he's treating me with disrespect and he's asking for the same thing over and over again, and I'm giving it to him and he's saying, no, I want something else. I need to be remembering, okay, this child has just gone through a major transition from school to home. And so maybe this child really just needs my attention right now. Like I need to put down the dinner preparation, put down my phone and really just hold him for a minute and just talk to him. Right. And so I think those are like the the big, you know, the big two things I can think of off the bat that are just really, really huge with communication. What's going on inside of me, what's going on inside of my child. Cause then that really frees us up to enter in, to be able to coach them, to be able to, um, to get to know them as people, to be able to correct them in ways that help build their wisdom so that they can be, have be equipped to make better choices in the future. And I think teaching them to have their own breaks, you know, when it, uh, so, that actually happened really recently in my house. So uh, yesterday, my son was working through math and he was frustrated. And I said, he went to his room and left all his homework right beside me. And I said, hey, if you're finished with your homework, you know, clean up your your math book off the off the kitchen area. And he said, I'm not finished. I'm frustrated. So I'm going to take a little bit of a break and come back to it. And I was like, oh. ah! Yes! Awesome. I didn't feel like I'd won the Super Bowl, you know? And right. I was just like, totally. Yeah. I didn't say anything to him at the time, 
you know, but then this morning I was like, you know, I'm really proud of you. That was really emotionally healthy, which I don't know if I, my son's kind of a nerd, like in the best way he was like, calls himself that, you know? So he's like, he's like down with that language. My daughter, I would have used a different language with her uh, if she had done that, but uh, you know, so, but really affirming like, Hey, that was, that was well done. You were frustrated. You took a break. You came back to it. You didn't give up, but you didn't shut down. You just took a little break, you know? And, um, but then as a parent too, I didn't say, Hey, what are you doing? You just left all your homework here, Mm -hmm. right? It's not my job to clean it up. It's your job to clean it up. You know, like trying to approach that and I'm talking as if I'm the perfect parent. I had a, I'm not, I had a, I had a great snapshot last night. None of us are. Yeah. None of us are. <laughs> we fail every day. <laughs> yeah, I had a good, strong snapshot last night, you know, but, but how easily at other times, I'm sure could, would it have been like, why did you leave your homework on the counter? Mm-hmm. Why? It's yeah. not my job to pick up after you. What did you, right. what are you doing here? You know, yeah. but just the curiosity, Hey, mm-hmm. you're finished. Yeah. I love how you entered with that, Sarah. You were very lighthearted and fun, you know, when, when you approached him and that gave him the freedom to just be totally real with you and let you know what's going on. And, and the, the safety of saying, I feel frustrated. I need a break. Like you kind of set that up because if you would have come in with that big, angry energy, that's when, of course, the amygdala in the back of the brain fires. I'm not safe. I'm being attacked. And then the, the front of the brain says, I can't think, right? And so then it's just big, angry at reaction. And so being able to, we use the term slow, low, listen. So just being able to be slow in your approach with him and getting down in his level and, and listening to what he has to say, you did wonderful with that. I also love what you said also about just affirming what was going well for him. Um, we like to tell parents, um, ABC affirmations. So, um, the action like good job, right. And then the benefit, why is it beneficial to them? Like you, you recognize what was going on inside of you and you were able to take a break. And then the character, wow, you're really growing in your emotional intelligence. One day when you're at work and you're working on a project and you feel like you're going to explode to your coworker, you're going to, you have built up that emotional intelligence to be able to take that break. And so like, mm-hmm. that's going to serve you well in your life. Right. And so being able to, to affirm those things and knowing like whatever we're going to focus our energy on, that's the fertilizer. That's what's going to grow. So being able to like affirm him the way that you did was absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you. And I was in a real season. My husband has like a cold or something. And we were at a family, like a a event, travel sport event all weekend. And so it was really interesting because Monday I really cleared my calendar, right? It was like, whoa, I've been firing at all cylinders. And so Monday I was set up for that conversation because I wasn't exhausted. Right. Yeah. I wasn't at my wits end. Right. I had, you know, balanced and managed a lot of things in my life. So that yeah. way, when it was time for that conversation, my brain had a lot of firing power left over. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I am not able to do that. Sometimes right. I am not. And so I, I do want to preface it when we talk about self-care and not being over you know, overly tired, getting good sleep. To me, I think every, and I actually because I had traveled, I think I went to bed at 8 p.m. last night. I went to bed really early last night. I had lots of stuff today on the calendar and 
you know, I, I was tired. I went to bed. Right. But that's something in my own life and in my client's life. It's like, hey, you don't get to decide when those conversations happen that your that fight and flight could pop up. Right. You just need to assume that they are going to pop up and you need to prep your level of exhaustion, your level of taking care of yourself, your level of not eating a bunch of junk that so you know, I I'm I'm the queen of eating junk sometimes. But then <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is something I think about in my parenting style. I think about it a lot. It's like, you know, how I don't know when the hard conversations and decisions are gonna pop up. I just have to know that I don't want to be at my at the end of my rope, right. When they do pop up. Yeah. You got to reserve some margin and some time for yourself. I think like, it's really important to try to plan those things, but I think for a lot of times in my life, and then I'm probably a lot of your listeners' lives is that they're thinking there's, there is no margin. Like I'm thinking about a lot of single parents or parents mm-hmm. with, you know, a spouse who's critically terminally ill or a child that's mm-hmm. terminally ill. And just like, how do I get that? I think there's also seasons. Um, I was speaking to a client last night, seasons of it's just a crazy time right now. And I'm going to give myself heaps and heaps of grace. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember during the COVID pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic, when it hit, and we lived in Bosnia. We were we were missionaries there for 11 years. And we left our home in three days because the country was shutting down. And our child, one of our children has severe asthma. And we had to get back to a specialist. And so we left our dog. We left all of our stuff. We left our home and landed in this temporary housing in the States with five kids and all of us having big emotions. And I remember thinking... I'm going to let them watch a lot more TV than I normally let them watch. They're going to play a lot more video games than they normally play. This is not normal right now. And so I'm just going to give myself the time and the space because them sitting at the TV for this longer amount of time than normal gives me the space to be able to take care of myself in a process or, or to, to take a deep breath, right? It doesn't give me the time to like veg out on social media all day long, which is what I want to do, but it's going to give me the time and space to be able to take care of myself. I love that. And I love that example. And again, that's why I wanted to point out like, okay, I've had a lot of grace and space that day. Sure. There are other times that other seasons, you know, uh, if the same conversation had happened when I was in the final stages of editing my book, mm. I may not have handled it so well. I was sure. exhausted. I was at the, you know, and yeah. have have that grace and space um, mm-hmm. and to recognize that None of us are perfect. Absolutely. I've also recognized that like for a, for a myriad of reasons, you could have grown up in the perfect home with the perfect parents, but you still have lies that you believe about yourself or about your kids, right? Starting with yourself. Like, you know, I might think I am a really angry mom, but like being able to reframe that and say, no, I'm an intense mom because I really love my kids. You know, and so being able to reframe these lies that we believe about ourselves and, and turning them into truth, um, kind of flipping them on their backs, um, I think is super important. Well, let's chat about, because I know a lot of my listeners, if a parent had talked bad to them or if there had been some type of verbal abuse in the past, mm-hmm. and then sometimes kids can say things, the way I like to describe it is um, sometimes adults can act like angry teenagers or hormonal middle schoolers, but the hormonal middle schoolers, it's a whole lot more appropriate when they are testing out some of those things. You know, the Mm -hmm. problem is that maybe your 60 year old father said the same thing to you last week, or, you know, 
right. a former spouse or something along, or a boss, right? So uh, let's say that amygdala, we, we, we're not in the rest and digest stage and that amygdala does get fired up. What, what, and kids can say things to get us triggered and we have to respond somehow. What are your, uh, what should we do in those situations? Uh, I would say, go back to that question. What's going on inside of me? really being a paying attention and saying, okay, I can't take this personally. This child is not my father. This child is not my, you know, previous person who abused me that way. This child is expressing their frustration. And, but the the hard thing is that we can't really think when we're in that fight fight or flight, right. When we're triggered, we're not going to be able to stop and say, okay, this child's not this person, but I think it's recognizing, like, I know exactly how my body feels when I'm in fight or flight. Like I start to feel hot up here (laughs) and I start to feel this energy inside, you know, and so being able to know that I need to take a break and I I should not speak right now because the words that are going to come out of my mouth right now are not going to be helpful. So sometimes I'll even say that to my child. I'll say, I'm feeling very angry right now. I know that when I speak to you, when I'm angry, it usually does not go well. And I usually end up saying something very hurtful. I don't want to be hurtful to you right now. So I'm going to go take a break. And let myself calm down. I'll get back with you in a few minutes. <laughs> you know, whatever you can do to take that break and really assess, okay, what is it about what that person just said, what that kid just said to me that's triggering for me? You know, and going back and, you know, saying, okay, my dad said that to me and it was hurtful. You know, whether or not it was intentional for him to hurt me that way, uh, it really hurt and it left a mark on me. How can I go back and work through this area of this is not true, right? Um, this this is a lie, and so like how can I how can I search and find the truth um, to combat that lie? So that I completely agree. That's the first step. Where do you take it to the second step? Of not only maybe what's going on with that child, but then also at some point there has to be or I don't say there has to be, uh, at some point, it seems like the most logical ending is, Hey, but we don't need to talk to people that way. You know, that was what you said was hurtful. Right. So what do we say when we get to the language of that piece of it? Yeah. So, so once again, connectedfamilies.org is who trained me. I have to keep giving them credit because all of the stuff is, is there, is their material. Um, you know, we started with that, that question of what's going on inside of me, what's going on inside my child. And then the third piece, which is what's flowing up out of those two statements is how can I teach my, how can I coach my children with wisdom? Right. And so like finding that gift that might've been gone awry. Okay. So I have a child and is very, very creative with this, with her words. <laughs> and she has a, a really high ability to be able to put down her sister in the most creative of ways, right? And it's very painful. And so being able to interact with her and and calling out that gift of saying, you know, once once she's calmed down and once they're separated, um, of course, that's the first thing is making sure that both both kids are are regulated and, and separated from each other, being able to say, wow, you have a very talented gift for, for, for words. And I can see how one day, you know, you're gonna use those words for the world and it's gonna be amazing. Right now, it's not very helpful. Um, let's talk to your sister and find out maybe how she's feeling about it. You know, and then really trying to model listening, right? I think like when we listen to our kids, then they're going to learn eventually how to listen to others, right? And so being able to like say, okay, 
child number one, what were you feeling when you, when you heard your sister say these words to you, you know, and child would say the words and then ask this child, you know, did, what did you hear? You know, what, what, what did she say? And well, she, you know, she said this, this, and this, that, that she felt these ways. And it was that, and then asking the other child, like, is that correct? Yes. You know, okay. Then what were, what were you feeling when you said those words? You know, like what led to that? And so being able for both of them to hear and, and to understand each other, I think is really important. And then say, okay, well, how can we make it right? So when it comes to like name calling or saying something, you know, that's hurtful to another kid, um, you know, it takes, it takes four, four statements of what we call kind and true to heal a wrong thing that was said. And so if I called you a poo-poo head, <laughs> you know, I need to go back and say four things that are kind and true. The first one being, no, you're not a poo-poo head, right? You're actually really smart and you're really kind to others. And you're, I think I can learn a lot from you you know, maybe drawing a picture for that other kid. So trying to make it right and reconcile so that we can get back on to our life together. I think that's, it's really important to teach kids as far as the sibling conflict goes, how to really be peacemakers with each other, because in the world, could you imagine if children learn how to be peacemakers early on and then kind of went out into the world as peacemakers? Um, yeah. So that, in, that, in that case of just using what you, what you said about, you can't speak to others that way. I think that's a really great method to to more move forward with that. I love that. Um, and definitely something I need to incorporate in my own parenting more is the like bringing it to man, that skill as an adult yeah. is going to be this and this. You mentioned it twice and I want to point out uh, what you're saying and make sure all the listeners heard that because I, I really like that, you know, um, and it gets our kids future focused as well. Um, so I'm also thinking about how that could play out in the motivation piece, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, what are you going to do when you grow up that mm-hmm. if there's some type of mm, building blocks that you've already put in place, like I know you're able to use creative words, like that's, that's a, a, a building block as they yeah. start to think about their own future. So I really mm-hmm. like that. And if, and if you think about it too, like, how would you have felt as a child if when you misbehaved, your parent said, wow, I can see that you are really bump, 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 bump. Like it's not helpful right now, but matured and, you know, practice, like it's really going to bring a gift to the world. How can Mm -hmm. we work together to solve this problem so that you can build that skill? I love that. Taylor Irby, this has been great. Will you tell people where they can find out more about you? Sure, sure. Well, you can go on Facebook and look at Taylor Irby Coaching. Um, and then same as on Instagram, Taylor Irby Coaching. I'm working on a website. Um, if you're interested more in the Connected Families framework, you can go to connectedfamilies.org. Um, I'm listed on there as one of their, their um, coaches. But I would love to work with you. I work with parents all around the world on Zoom. So, yeah. Thanks for listening today. I love it. Taylor, thank you for helping us on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. Thank you, Sarah. Are you loving the toxic person proof podcast? Don't forget to check out the book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof. Clear the confusion and learn to trust yourself again. Available on Amazon and wherever books are sold.
Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.